interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast for what some type of scheduled regularly one more time regularly close enough <laughs> for an important announcement uh <laughs> you threw me off regularly there we are you got it, folks. Woo. Woo. I'm going to keep this in, but here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program that is scheduled at this time normally. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That one, that one rolls off the tongue a little better. Yeah. Uh, for some breaking news announcements. Um Boy, this is not good. <clears throat> so, Gavin, uh, we are going to start out with the top, top story, the one, the burning, the burning story, Gavin. Right, right. We did, you know how when you go to pee and it burns? You, no. No? No. It's just me? Well, I'm sure it's not only you, but it's not me. But ESPN wants to trade for Al Michaels. What? Who who would they like to trade? That's what I that's what I want to know. So they want Al Michaels to be paired with Peyton Manning for Monday Night Football. Okay. Which yeah, honestly, probably a tremendous boost. Yes. Um, because they lost out on Tony Romo, who got paid. Yeah, he 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 made a little bit of money. He got paid what was it 17 million i i don't know it's something ridiculous i think the total contract number was like 240 million or something yeah so um but they want al michaels so they're they're talking with um nbc is it nbc he's with i guess uh, uh yeah, because he did the Sunday night football games. I guess I don't know if Dwayne were here, he would know. Uh, this is a disaster. I'm sorry, we don't have any information. Ah, uh, yes, it is NBC. Um, so uh, who do they trade? Is this even is this even allowed? I don't even know if this is allowed. But this is an actual story that came out that came across my phone that ESPN was looking to trade for Al Michaels. I would assume that anytime you have a contract, there stands the reasonable possibility that you could be traded. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't I don't know if they trade him for another broadcaster. 
because of his status, you know, he's he's the guy that has called so many incredible moments, going back to the Miracle on Ice in the 1980 Olympics. Um, you know, he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. So, I mean, do you have to give up two broadcasters? I uh, maybe. Do you do you give up two broadcasters and a broadcaster to be named later? Does does the, the ABC or whoever he's with? Did they uh, did they get to wait and see who comes up the ranks from ESPN and say, "Oh, want that guy"? I, that that is a great question, and we're going to follow this story because nothing else is happening in the world, and we're going nothing. to nothing, and we're going to see uh, if he does get traded because this would be this would be something for sure. Um, and here here's the other question. How does Al Michaels feel about? It? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I assume that Michaels is okay with it because I don't feel like ESPN would float this out there if he wasn't. Well, ESPN's owned by Disney, and everybody wants a piece of the Disney money. So, uh, and I guess Monday Night Football is it's the flagship show for the NFL. So, I, I guess that's sort of the peak other than calling the Super Bowl. But uh, for a regular season, I would imagine that Monday Night Football is, is the peak of what you can do as a football broadcaster. So, sure. Good for Al. Somebody, Al is in high demand. Yes, he's 108 he is. years old. He's been broadcasting 75. for 70 years. And that people still want him. So, Not that long. Fantastic. That and you know, I think that's that's an angle worth exploring. Is there any other industry in which you would trade for a seventy-five-year-old? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Because at seventy-five, I mean, I I know Al's still sharp. He still does a good job calling the games. But at seventy-five, you're you're getting you're getting close to the point where. Things can go downhill in a hurry. Like I know seventy-five isn't old and decrepit and, and ancient, but you're you're entering the window at seventy-five where man, things can fall apart super fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and- so if you trade Al Michaels for, uh, I know this isn't even on the table; it would be absurd. But let's say you trade Al Michaels for Ryan Rosillo. And you get one season out of Al Michaels, and then he has a massive brain hemorrhage and loses the ability to speak. Well, then you've just lost Ryan Rosillo for the next 25 years. Um, just for clarification, Ryan Rosillo is now signed with The Ringer. And that same thing. <laughs> definitely not. But all right. Uh, but you get, you get my point. I get your point. I get your point. I do. Also, we do not want Al Michaels to have a massive brain hemorrhage. We do not. No, no. Just an example of what could possibly go wrong. Hey, Gavin, um, I, I can't remember what we opened up the show with last couple of weeks, but I thought, I don't think we've talked about it that much, really. I, I thought we would take a look and see how many people um, the coronavirus has killed Maybe. All of them. Um, killed all of them. Latest numbers need to seem to be 95,000 global cases, 3,300 people dead. That's, you know, 
the last time we talked about coronavirus, aka COVID nineteen, that's that's like the that's like going from Puff Daddy to P Diddy. COVID nineteen is <laughs> right. a trendy name. Right. Um, the last time we talked about it, there were some doubts, some skepticism about how it was. You know, we were we were talking about. Two percent, three percent. We don't have all the information back. We don't know the incubation period. And you know, since then, COVID nineteen has worked really hard to shut us up. <laughs> yeah, because, because it's killing more people. Yes, at a faster rate. Yes, and you know, I really deserves a pat on the back. I mean, good it's job, really, COVID nineteen. It's really stepped up its game. I mean, we were very, uh, maybe unfairly critical of its ability to kill. And it's really worked hard at that, Gavin. It has. It has. It's jumped up a full percent. And, you know, in a week, I don't think you can ask for anything more. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's good development, shows a good work ethic. And, you know, by the time we're doing these in two or three weeks, half the world will be dead. I, I, I just, I mean, I really think it, it's really stepped up its game. It uh, obviously has mutated a little bit to be able to um, kill much faster, um, has spread much faster. Uh, so I'm just, I'm really impressed with it. Uh, I just got to say. The one thing that concerns me, uh -huh. the one thing that concerns me, it hasn't really faced any high-level competition yet. Right now, it's still working its way through some lower-level competition. Uh, you know, it's not it's not dealing with the Alabamas, the Auburns, the LSU's. You know, it, they're they're still dealing with Savannah State and and some of your lower your Division two programs. So, it remains to be seen if COVID nineteen can pick up a blitz. Uh, how it deals with antibiotics, antifungals, uh, uh, Western medicine a as a whole. And, and as we get a little bit deeper into the season, the level of competition is going to get higher. And I think that's what, where we'll find out what COVID-19 is made of. Uh, Gavin, this is, this is literal breaking news. This isn't like, I mean, this just happened. Um, the... King County, Washington Health Department just released a statement that the 11th person in King County has died. Well, and that sounds terrible. Can I ask and, what the fuck King County is doing? I'm serious. Well, like, they've had, like, 30 know. cases and, like, 10 deaths. Dude, once you get out west, it's all a bunch of hippies. They don't believe in actual medicine. So they're probably smelling lavender essential oils and they've probably got their salt rock lamps and they're staring at those and probably went to get some sort of weird Reiki massage where they don't actually touch you. They just realign your energy. Um, and so people are dying because hippies don't know anything about anything. Kevin's views do not express that of the casual heroes. Oh yes, they do. <laughs> That's all just saying. Uh, they certainly do. In in non joking form, here's what I hate, Gavin. I hate people. I hate, I hate COVID nineteen. I I do too. I'll go on record right now. I say I hate it. That's good. That's good. 
Gavin's views do not express that. <laughs> I hate people that are saying that this is a media hype because I understand media hype. Okay. I know what you're saying. And, and there is, there, there is some blowing out of proportion. Yes. But here is the thing. Number one, if you read any article that says the coronavirus is far less deadly than the flu, I just want you to know something. That is 100% not true. Not true at all. No matter where you read it, the coronavirus is way deadlier right now than the flu. It has not killed as many people, but it is more deadly. So that that's one thing. The other thing is people that are on there saying that um, the more than there was an article going around for the New York Post more than half of the coronavirus patients globally have recovered. And people are like, oh, look out, you know, look at this. No shit, Sherlock. What do you think they're going to do? What the, If that came back and said they hadn't gotten better, do you know how bad that would be? Do you know what a low bar that is to say, oh, well, over half the people got got better. Great. Over half is 51%. Imagine if 49% of people that got the flu died from it. So so here's the thing that I want everyone to know. These are CDC numbers. Do you remember how, I believe it was 2017, 2018, we had such that bad flu season? Yep, because they, they prepped the wrong vaccine. Do you know how many people died? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. We're going to play prices right. I'm going to say I uh, don't want to go over one. Okay, Price is right. You're you're doing well. Um, I it was it was. <laughs> I don't even want to start here. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to look now, but it was like ninety two thousand. Okay. So I didn't go over. So there's a chance I would have won the bid. <laughs> yes. Um. Out of everyone that got the flu that year, it was 0.16%. Okay. Even at 3% of uh, a deadly, of the coronavirus being deadly, that's almost, a, that's three, I mean, pretty much three times more, like three times more deadly. Maybe more than that. It's at least... Double. <laughs> How about that, Gavin? Price is right. <laughs> maybe, maybe 30 times more yeah, deadly? Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to go for yours. I was trying to go way under so right, that, right, right. you know, yeah. I could get there. But right, right. Uh, my, my point is, is that it is not the fact that this is that you're going to probably die if you get this. You're probably not. You have a, as of right now, a 97, maybe by the time you listen to this, 96% chance of living, okay? That's that's not the issue that we're looking at here. The issue that we're looking at here is that you don't know you have it when you have it, okay? And yep. so you can go asymptomatic for days and go around and touch everything, Yep. Infect other people, become sick, and you might just 
become a little sick, get better, and you're done. Yep. The problem is that people think that somewhere between 40 and 70% of people in the world, okay, not the U.S., in the world, will end up getting this at a 3% death rate. That is 49 million people dead. To put that yep. in perspective, the Spanish flu, which was considered the worst pandemic we had had, had a 4% death rate. Yeah. Yeah. 4%, Gavin. Yep. So I am not I am not sitting here saying that the end of the world is coming. That is not what I'm doing. I'm not blowing it out of proportion. What I am saying is that you have to look at this with perspective. It is not the fact that it has a 3% death rate. Yes, there are higher death rates on a lot of stuff. But as of now, do you know what? It's killed more people than SARS. It's killed more yeah. people than MERS. It's, it's going to kill more people than probably... A, you know, a lot of stuff because everyone is going to get it. There's no flu shot for this. They're saying we are at least, uh, I can't remember even how long they think a vaccine is going to take. Did they say like six months or something? I don't, I've not seen any information about a vaccine. Mike Pence just came out and said there aren't enough tests. They don't have enough tests. They, we have about a million and a half tests in the United States, and that is not going to um, reach what they need. So they're expecting more than that. So here's the thing. Let's say a million people do get it because they're saying that just out of a million, Gavin, 3%. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So, so here's the thing, people. Don't go nuts, but also be careful. Gavin, we've been talking about this thing and saying that it is a little bit of a big deal for the past month. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, they think and the R naught for COVID-19 is around three. That means you're going to infect three people when you get it. Yeah. And do you know whenever you join those multi-level marketing things, and they tell you send it to five friends and have those five friends send it to five friends. What, right. they, what they don't tell you is what is it like 12 times that it's everyone in the world. It, it's something of that effect. Uh, that's why multi-level marketing doesn't work. Like it just, it grows exponentially. Well, two to three people getting affected by every person will grow exponentially. So I, I mean, right now, we aren't on the verge of a pandemic. It's it's coming in. So you've got to, you just need to read up about it, you know, and wash your hands and you'll be all right. 97% yeah, and, of the time. And, and, and don't, not that hand sanitizer is bad, but there's a reason that washing your hands is more effective. And it's because the COVID-19 virus is surrounded by a fatty lipid base and the soap actually works to break down that lipid barrier, which causes the virus to be exposed to the air, which kills it because it has no protection. 
And so there's a reason people are telling you to actually wash your hands versus using hand sanitizer. Because while the hand sanitizer does a really good job of sanitizing and killing bacteria, it doesn't have anything in it that will break down. The alcohol that's in hand sanitizer doesn't break down that lipid barrier and expose the virus to air, killing it. So it, it will you know, protect you from some things, but it's also that's the same reason that hand sanitizer doesn't protect you from the norovirus, which causes stomach bugs, it is because it doesn't break down that lipid barrier surrounding the virus. So when people tell you wash your hands, they mean wash your hands. Hand sanitizer is not good enough for this. There you go, people. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I. I know we spent a long time on it, like each, you know, week and all this stuff. But it, it is worth talking about because this is going to. I think um, it's going to be something that we look at and say either holy crap that really screwed us or man that was close but either way this is a fork in the road i think for our and it should it should worry us okay that on february 25th larry kudlow the white house economic advisor said that and i quote i quote we have contained this i won't say it's airtight but it's pretty close to airtight talking about the coronavirus. Right. Right. Well, that was before it became COVID-19. It, <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying that COVID-19, they haven't contained. Well, it was part, it was, it was part of that maturation process where it stepped up its game and developed a little more, but it learned how to, it learned how to break containment and be effective. But we we hadn't it hadn't really gotten here yet, and now Mike Pence is in charge of this, <laughs> supposedly. Well, the issue with that is, instead of closing the borders completely and saying, "Look, you you can no longer come into the country," we we listened to the people that said things like travel bans were racist, and they're not racist; they're protective measures. But here we are. Well, uh, set, set the whole country on fire. I, Let's talk about something a little more cheerful. Okay. Just had a mini vacation. Yeah, you went to. Um, oh, by the went, way, uh, yeah. If you, we will do a little break here. If you're wanting a um, secret code for uh, the giveaway, it is podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That is very hard to remember. Gavin. Terrible secret code. (laughs) How was your trip? Well, we went to Niagara Falls, which is one of the largest tourist destinations in the world, and there were a ton of Asian and Indian people there. Sounds racist. So I probably have the the COVID-19 virus, but more importantly, went to the worst McDonald's that's ever existed. Okay. So... First of all, just right off the top, their ice cream machine didn't work. But that doesn't matter because no ice cream machine works at any McDonald's. That's just, that's baseline. We expect that when we go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Um, Their drive-thru speaker did not work, so you had to pull up to the first window to order. Okay. But they did not have chicken. They were out of chicken. Okay. 
So no McChickens, no chicken nuggets, no chicken tenders. They had no chicken whatsoever. They had no apple pies. Those were done. Gone. No more of those. And they were really, really, really hoping that people were paying with cards because the only change they had left, now they had like ones, fives, tens, whatever, but the only change that they had left to give people were nickels. (laughs) And so to get rid of the nickels, they were trying to give change exclusively in nickels. And apparently the person that was in front of us in the drive-thru refused to take them because they tried to give him $2 in nickels with for change. Oh, and he Lord. told them no. <laughs> I would tell them no, too. That's 40 nickels. Nobody needs that many nickels. So, so just a terrible experience altogether. Did you get the uh, McChicken, McDouble, small fry, and a large Coke? As it turns out, no, I didn't. Because they didn't have any chicken. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't have chicken. I forgot. Sorry. But I did get a McDouble and a small fry. And I didn't get a Coke because I already had a bottle of root beer. So we just, we went simple. McDouble, small fry. That was it. Because I I was wondering how much it would be. Because here it's what, 601? 601. Correct. But I I think it's more expensive in New York. I, I did lived there for a time we weren't in real new york we were in buffalo no i wasn't in real new york either i was in owego i I mean i went to new york city one time i never want to go back it sounds terrible oh it's god awful i hated every bit of it uh but i don't want to go back um but i mean i've been to niagara falls um it's it's a waterfall it sure is it's about it there yep the canada side is way cooler than the u.s side yep did y'all go to the yep. canada side don't have passports ah uh, that's a problem eh. wasn't, wasn't real worried about it did you go over the falls no oh nope as evidenced by the fact that i'm on the podcast today <laughs> You want to talk about something not fun? Uh, sure. Uh, Super Tuesday happened. We said we would come back after Super Tuesday. What? Uh, what was? What, what wasn't fun about Super Tuesday? I just politics in general isn't normally fun. But, oh, it's the best. But the the problem is, is that we kind of started out with this stuff, and now we got to keep it going. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we kind of backed ourselves into a corner. Because if you listen to the other ones, you're going, okay, what are they going to say like next week about this? And we just can't come on here and go like this podcast now is about um, sewing. (laughs) Doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. We, yeah, sort of backed (laughs) ourselves into a corner. Yeah. But uh, But I feel like we can, we can sort of hit super Tuesday pretty quick. So, the big winner was Biden. Can we go big over loser. my five questions or five things we I can, learned? We can do that. Big winner, Biden. Big loser, Bernie. Uh, everybody has dropped out except for Biden and Bernie. And Biden plays the math game better than Bernie does. So your five questions. 
Um, our it wasn't it wasn't five questions. It's uh, or five things you learned. Five, yes, five things I learned about uh, after Super Tuesday, and I sent them to you. Um, yep. And I'm going to go back to them here. Uh, number one is that um, where's that? Okay. Number one, Bernie isn't electable. He is not. He he is too far to the left. For 21st century America, and the people that actually vote, which I know we'll touch on that a little bit later in your list, the people that actually vote aren't ready to embrace someone that is pushing more towards a socialist society that is in favor of extreme gun control and that praises Fidel Castro and and different communist regimes for things they may have done while also doing other terrible things. And regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, I understand that it can be very frustrating to truly back a candidate that is so counterculture to the American mainstream political system, because for the last two presidential elections, I was all in on Gary Johnson. He ran as the libertarian candidate. Uh, He was a weirdo. He did some dumb stuff that probably hurt more than it helped with the libertarian cause. And I understand how frustrating it can be to truly believe in a candidate that goes against the the mainstream American political system that just doesn't get any traction. But the reality is those candidates are not electable in 21st century America at this time. By the way, I should point out uh that being you took that test, you scored 87% Republican, right? Uh, conservative. Conservative, sorry, which translates Republican. Uh, no. Gavin, what did I score? You were dead center of everything. <laughs> you don't have opinions. <laughs> uh, I do have opinions. It's just that um, I think <laughs> I think that they're so just in the center of everything that I'm just so I have like I have no dog in the race is what I'm trying to say and when I say that Bernie isn't electable I am not saying that from a personal standpoint of I don't think Bernie's electable I'm saying that America doesn't think Bernie is electable correct and when I add my two cents to these discussions I I try to keep my political bias out of it because I am a right wing, and that's why I included that bit about Gary Johnson. Yeah, is uh, I understand you know the passion that goes into supporting a candidate that's on the fringe of mainstream American politics, like Bernie Sanders is, because I supported a guy that was on the other end of the political spectrum, but just as far removed from the mainstream. And it's frustrating, but it, the reality is they're not electable. Uh, the second thing I learned is that the internet and IRL are two totally different things. They certainly are. And they are vastly different. If you just live on the internet and you never leave your house and talk to anyone ever, you would think that the entire country supports Bernie Sanders. You would think that Bernie Sanders was already president. Yes. And you would think that um, he is a god sent from heaven to lead our people into this new world 
that we are supposed to live in in harmony with everyone. It's just not the case. And it's not even close to being the case. And do you know how I know that? Biden has no money. None. His campaign is broke. He did. I don't think now if, if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. I don't think he ran a single ad on super Tuesday. I know that he won. I don't know which state it was, but I know that he did win a state that he spent $11,000 in, which is nothing for a presidential campaign. No, not at all. And the, the thing about it is, is that there are certain states that he shouldn't have won that he did. And that should be scary for Sanders is what I'm saying. But that also shows you that he, he won Maine. He won Massachusetts. He won Minnesota. He won Texas. He won Oklahoma. That one's questionable, but you knew he was going to run the South. You knew he was going to get Virginia. They called Virginia the, at the time that the polls closed. That's how for sure that they knew. But my my point is this is that if you if you just follow this on the internet it doesn't reflect what's going on in real life and i th- i think that's the problem your facebook your twitter your reddit it still does not reflect hold on a second sorry about that uh we had to take a minor break um but yeah irl internet not the same thing uh the third thing i learned is elizabeth warren's insane just didn't win a single state didn't even win bloomberg at least won america samoa i'm just saying correct and she comes out that night after not winning a single state and says my name is elizabeth warren and i'm the woman who's going to beat donald trump and encouraged her supporters to tune out the results and a bold move Cotton, let's see how it works out for her. Oh, Gavin, we just got some news. Elizabeth Warren has dropped out. That is correct. So, However, I don't think she's completely insane. I, I, I think that she has been, I think she, was, she has been playing a very deliberate game. This game is? And I think that her goal was to screw Bernie Sanders over on Super Tuesday. And she did. And she's going to continue to screw Bernie Sanders over because you can go back to that interaction they had at one of the debates, first or second debate. That's not a friendly relationship. No. Bernie, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, I don't know what happened, but despite their many similarities on policy, they, they do not get along. She said and that he was uh, sexist, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean, Bernie's a lot of things, but I don't know about sexist. I, I don't, I, I'm not saying he, I, right. I think it was something to that effect. Sure. But, you know, the, things are not good in that relationship. And so even though she knew that she wasn't going to win any states on Super Tuesday, by remaining in the, the contest, she would split the group progressive vote. Even if it was only a marginal percentage that voted for her, it was taking excuse me, progressive votes away from Bernie Sanders. Uh, Doing so Can I make allowed... a quick announcement? Uh, if you hear my cat yelling, she's fine. Yeah. Sorry, okay. she's almost by the mic now yelling, so go ahead. Um, in doing so, she allowed Biden to pick up more delegates. 
which obviously hurts Bernie long term. Now, when, when Elizabeth Warren announced today that she was suspending her campaign, this is something that I learned today reading the articles. There's a reason that the campaign is suspended and not closed. She can go in for a broker convention? No. I mean, I guess theoretically she could, but the the real point is that with the campaign suspended but still technically active, she can go to the convention and she retains her delegates. Now, she doesn't have a ton of delegates. I think she has 64, 65, something along those lines. And the same thing with, with Mayor Pete and the same thing with Bloomberg. They They have delegates. And as they go to the convention, if the nominee isn't settled by the convention, they can tell their delegates, this is who I want, want you to support. And overwhelmingly, the delegates will abide by the wishes of the candidate that has won those delegates already. So we know that pretty much everybody that has dropped out of the race has turned around and immediately endorsed Joe Biden, which was his big Super Tuesday play, was everybody drops out right before Super Tuesday. They immediately endorse him when they drop out. Bernie does not have a chance to make a play for those voters. He doesn't have time to appeal to them. And so... The math from all of those candidates that have dropped out that favor a more moderate Democrat immediately go to Joe Biden, and he's able to pick up all of these huge upsets on Super Tuesday. When Elizabeth Warren dropped out today, she said repeatedly she's not endorsing anyone yet, which tells me she's waiting to see who is going to make the best offer to her between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. She's angling to see who is going to offer her the VP seat. Probably not. And whoever offers Elizabeth Warren the best deal is going to pick up her delegates and her support. And that, I think, will be a legitimate tug of war between Biden and Sanders because by taking her away from Sanders... Biden gains some of the progressive support that would typically go to Bernie. Maybe not a lot, but probably enough. And if Bernie can pull Warren to his side, that consolidates the progressive vote in the Democratic Party, which makes him a much bigger challenge to Joe Biden. So she carries a lot of leverage right now by stepping away from the race, but refusing to endorse either candidate. So I don't think she's crazy. Even though she may have said crazy things, I think she's been playing a very smart game for the past week or two. I think you're right also. It's just when it initially happened, that was my initial response. That, Fair. Um, number four, you can't actually wait till the last minute to win an election. Nice to know. I, I would assume you're talking about Bloomberg. I, I am. Uh, over $500 million spent for Super Tuesday and won America Samoa. He did win American Samoa. However, however, he has picked up 60 delegates, give or take. It's like high 50s, low 60s. I don't have it in front of me. He's picked up around 60 delegates. And again, he immediately endorsed Biden when he stepped away from the race. So you may as well say those 60 delegates go to Biden. Um, 
But the one thing about Bloomberg is he has committed to spending money through the election, regardless of whether he's in the race or not. And if he's endorsing Biden, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter how much money Biden's campaign has, because Bloomberg is going to start running attack ads on whoever Biden's against, whether it's Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump. He now has a significant portion of Bloomberg's money behind him. And Bloomberg is, while he's a Democrat, he is a capitalist, and he is definitely opposed to Bernie Sanders and the socialist-leaning policies that Sanders touts. And so he becomes an incredible ally for Joe Biden just from a financial sense and the fact that he's going to be running ads that Biden doesn't have to pay for. And number five, people think Joe Biden is Barack Obama. Probably, yes. There may be times when Joe Biden thinks he's Barack Obama. I, now, I say that coy, and at the same time, I say that in all seriousness, because one of the reasons um, that people voted for Joe Biden, according to exit polls, was that they wanted um, to bring back, how was it, how was it said to them? <sighs> It was basically Barack Obama's policy into office. Correct. And ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is not Barack Obama. He is not. Barack Obama is not going to be his vice president. Correct. Michelle could be, but probably not now that Elizabeth Warren has thrown a wrench in the works. So I I don't know. It, like Joe Biden got a massive amount of black voters on Super Tuesday. Correct. Uh, larger than anyone thought. It was something like 68% or something like that. Uh, that helped him win almost everywhere that he did that, that vote. And uh, people consider Joe Biden and Barack Obama to have the same views and everything, but that's not, that's not who they are like. No. And so I think people let's say Joe Biden becomes the nominee. All Trump's got to do. I saw this on Reddit. I, I can't give credit because I forgot to look who said it, but it was a it was a Twitter post on Reddit. So technically it came from Twitter. All Trump's got to do is look at him and call him senile Joe and the election's over and Democrats are going for 2024. Yep. I, I, what did you guys? However, say? however, that won't be the way it plays out because he's already called him Sleepy Joe. He's already called him Senile Joe. He's already he, he's been batting around with the kid gloves. If Biden gets the nomination, they're going a hundred and ten percent in on the Ukraine stuff, and. Yeah, regardless of how you feel about Trump's involvement with the Ukraine, whether you think it's a, a purely political move that, that's been uh, inflated and misrepresented by the Democratic Party to go after impeachment that they knew wouldn't work, or if you believe that there's something there, regardless of what you feel about Trump's involvement with the Ukraine, the fact remains that there is worldwide circulated video of Joe Biden saying, I told him they weren't getting the aid unless the prosecutor was fired. And you know what they did? They fired him. 
Like that's out there. That's just a thing that he said on stage openly. Right. And regardless of it, it does not matter uh, what you feel about Trump and his involvement. Joe Biden's issues with the Ukraine are out there. They're, they are, they're, they're readily available for anyone that wants to listen to a 15 second clip. And I think there's a reason that you've seen preliminary investigations into it. I think there's a reason that you see the, the Department of Justice starting to pry a little bit harder, but they're not going full speed yet. Because if Biden doesn't get the, the nomination, they don't need it. Who cares? But if he gets the nomination, it's all you'll hear about. They will do everything that they possibly can to wreck Joe Biden from the moment that he gets the nomination for the Democratic Party. Now, with Bernie, it's a lot easier. With Bernie, they can just pull up Bernie's policies. Hey, he's going to try to increase your taxes. Hey, he's going to try to do this. And Bernie will own up to it. Yes, I am, because that's what I believe in. Uh, that's a much easier thing for Trump. So I think they're holding back and they're they're going to use the, the legal stuff against Biden if if it comes to that. Now, something that I think is interesting and it's worth talking about real quick, even though we've got almost an hour here. Um, rumors are starting to come out, starting with Paul Begala from CNN, that whenever the Democratic nominee is announced, Trump will announce Mike Pence's replacement for the vice president as a countermeasure to whatever the Democrats do. And right now, the odds on favorite seems to be former ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, which I think is, if he replaces Pence, I think is a tremendous choice because she is a much more presentable female vice president than Sarah Palin was. She is intelligent. She has been an ambassador to the United Nations. She has stood before heads of state. And whenever they do the vice presidential debates, it doesn't matter if they bring out Hillary, if they bring out Michelle, if they bring out Elizabeth Warren, if they bring out Mayor Pete, she will assassinate people in the debates. Yeah, she uh, she's definitely smart. Um, she's young. She's uh, talented. My, it, she's a woman, which is great. You know, for she him. doesn't she she doesn't look like a sea monster. No, nope, she does not. Uh, however, I my. My one thing, you know, with that is, I don't know. I mean, I why does this sound racist when I'm going to say it? She's white. <laughs> Can I just point that out? It, it's another white ticket. I, is, I don't but... think, I, I think a lot of America doesn't want a white ticket. But where she's female, it may not matter. Right. That's the offset. And I don't but, mean I don't mean that in a sexist or racist way. No, I'm, no, no. I'm just saying that you know maybe her being female offsets the fact that she's white. And I think it does. Now, ideally, you get somebody like Condoleezza Rice to to run, but who knows if she even has interest? If anybody wants her to run, uh, somebody like Candace Owens. I don't know if she's old enough. I mean, there are well-spoken black females out there that could certainly fill that position. But, you know, Nikki Haley as 
a former UN ambassador and all of her accomplishments, uh, I, I think she would be a wonderful choice. I just question the wisdom of moving on from Mike Pence and what that potentially does to the evangelical base for Trump. I I don't know if it'll matter, but uh, but obviously he has some polling numbers somewhere. You, you know what I mean? Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, it's been, a, it has been a long time since a president switched vice presidents. It doesn't surprise I, I me he's doing it though. No, it, it definitely fits his tone and his character because he's had the highest turnover rate of any White House staff ever. But, uh, I don't know. It just, and, and Mike Pence will be the guy that steps away graciously. Yeah. He won't. He won't. He won't cause us to think about it. He'll say, you know, I, I did what I needed to do, and I'm going to step away. So, well, I think I think March 10th will tell us a lot. Um, that will be uh, next Tuesday for Little Tuesday, not Super Tuesday. Little Tuesday, Miniature Tuesday, Miniature Tuesday. Uh, but we do have some Michigans up for grabs on March 10th. Which Idaho, Washington, uh, North Dakota, Missouri, um, and I think I think that is uh, Mississippi. Yeah. So um, we do have uh, some, a lot of delegates. So we'll see what happens there, uh, Gavin. Before we go, uh, you were close. We're at uh, fifty-two, but you take out the silence, all of that stuff. I mean. We're under an hour, so real quick, chances of Bernie Sanders saying, screw you, Democratic Party, and running independent. Man. Which, by the way, I believe, I believe he may be, let's see here. I was thinking he was maybe, there was something in Florida about trying to keep him off the ticket. Because Yeah, because he never officially registered as a Democrat. He's still officially an independent, which brings up all kinds of questions about how he's able to get on the Democratic ticket. But uh, anyway, um, man, that's that's so tough because part of me thinks he's old enough that he knows this is his last chance. Like, there's, there's no way Bernie runs again in four years. But he's pissed off enough – He's still still touchy over the last election that I could see him doing it. On the other hand, right now Biden is legitimately winning. Like there there's no super delegates, there's no DNC nonsense. Like Biden just won those states and he won those delegates outright. And so Bernie is a legitimate second place right now. And in 2016 when he got screwed over by the DNC, he swallowed and took it like a champ and said, I'll endorse Hillary, even though she just screwed me over. So if he's willing to do it then, why not now? So I really don't know. I'll put it at 50-50. By the way, if he but does that, there's no if way. He does that, if he does that, Trump wins 49 states. There's no way that he – that a. a I don't care who it is. There's no way anyone can can win that uh, on no. the Democratic side just because you're you're literally splitting your vote. Yep. If he runs as an independent, e even at seventy thirty, like say yeah. you know seventy percent of people still vote for the Democratic nominee, 
thirty percent is huge. Most independent. Yep. Uh, Gary Johnson got what four percent? Yeah. So I mean, and and people say that he may have turned the election in some places. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I mean, could you imagine if Bernie Sanders did that? Man. Whew. And, and and here's the thing: if he does that, it's going to split the Democratic Party permanently. There won't be any coming back. There, there will be a third party. And I, again, I, in that situation, I think Trump wins. All right. Uh, it's funny because when you said, I believe Trump wins, you just discord kind of lagged and you went win. And that was it. <laughs> oh, and, and he got DC'd. Oh, well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Once again, secret code podcast for the giveaway. Go to player.gg, no E there, slash Genzocide, slash Amazon to have a chance to win five Amazon gift cards going for $100 each. So, uh, big giveaway there. Uh, and we will see you guys after March 10th. And after the Democratic uh, election there on March 10th, Mini Tuesday. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day and stay safe. See ya. When the sun rises, when the sun.